Today on the Therapy Dogs Australia podcast, Sam and I discuss how to navigate the overwhelming amount of information online when it comes to dog training advice, while also keeping yourself safe from the toxic culture that currently exists in many corners of social media. We're sure many of you will strongly relate to this episode, so grab a cup of tea and we'll get started. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode with Therapy Dogs Australia. We've got Sam King, the owner of Therapy Dogs Australia, and myself, Maxine. How are you going, Sam? Hello. I'm going really good, actually. That's good. Life is pretty great, so. Good. I'm glad to hear that. How are you, Max? I'm good. Rainy outside today, but it's kind of perfect for a podcast, I have to say. Good. Yeah. Um, so today we wanted to touch on the topic of dog training culture online and basically listening to your gut and trying to navigate all of these different sort of conversations um, and tips and tricks that people are pumping <laughs> pumping onto the internet. It can yeah. be really overwhelming. Um when you've got a, you know, a dog with some behavioral things you need to work on, or you're bringing home a new puppy and you don't know where to start. Um, yeah, it can be really overwhelming. So we just wanted to kind of touch on that. There's a lot of things going around at the moment, um, as well, that probably makes this a good, good time to talk about it. Yeah. So i really wanted to touch on this today because, um, being a psychologist, it makes me very sad and, anxious for the general population um, with the way that the online communities are going. And I know that we all know like, you know, gosh, like keyboard warriors and, you know, toxic environments online and stuff like that. Everyone's aware of that kind of stuff, but I wanted to touch on it because I've had these experiences um, in face-to-face life and also online life. And I know that a lot of us are just checking out and going, you know what? I'm not going to be a part of it. I know a lot of dog trainers are doing that. Um, It really is having a very detrimental impact on the industry uh, where people are choosing to not come together. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very divisive. It's very, um, we don't even need to be competitive in the dog training world. Like, And we enjoy that in the psychologist space as well. Like psychologists don't need to be competitive with each other because we've all got work like, you know, and that's the same in the dog training world. Like the dog training industry, the dog industry is massive. It's like one of the biggest pet, the pet industry is one of the biggest industries worldwide. There just is actually no need for us to be Um, shooting each other down. But I think where people get caught up is on, um, so methodologies uh, and ideologies that, Mm, that where people disagree on things and it's so easy to sprout stuff online. Um, But who are we listening? Like I'm, I'm really starting to become aware of like influencers who put stuff online purely to get it a reaction and to get their own um, insights up, like to get their reach out and to, you know, viral stuff and things like that because they make money out of that. 
or whatever, like whatever it is. Yes. And on that, just interjecting, um, the algorithm on social media often really loves controversial stuff. Yeah. So we often find that it'll push things that are, you know, trying to create an extreme reaction as well. And it's not necessarily showing you really, you know, good content that's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I've been, I'm going to talk about the horse world as well, because I've been also seeing a bit of this in the horse world. Um, I mean, not as bad, but I just, I want to touch on a couple of things today because I want to keep our listeners safe online and I want to keep you um, feeling like you can um, access good information uh, and how to determine when something that you're seeing online is good information or not, because it is very, it's a very emotive space. Um, and I can see a lot of people that are using borderline emotional manipulation or abuse of people's emotions about something that they love. Like we love our dogs and horses so much. And when I, read these posts. Like I know that the the average person is reading it and taking it at face value, but being a psychologist, I'm reading these posts and going, what? Like, why are you dog trainer or horse trainer making such judgmental, the advice that they're giving can be incredibly judgmental, mm. incredibly ableist, aggressive even aggressive um threatening uh so like not necessarily threatening you as a person but threatening your sense of self Mm -hmm. threatening your sense of whether or not you're a good dog or horse owner um really threatening language around like you you know you are not doing the right thing by your dog slash horse and it's based off of you know like one methodology connected to an ideology, one, one thing that that person believes in. So we're, and, and being an influencer, they probably don't believe it. Like we see these people that sprout this stuff, eventually something comes about and it completely thwarts their whole message that they've been sending along. So I'm going to talk about the extreme stuff today, like extremists um, and how to sort of help yourself to identify whether or not you should take this to heart, what you're reading, what you're seeing, et cetera, et cetera. Is it educational? Can you get something from it? Um, And should you take it to heart? So the first thing, and I think the main thing is, how does this make you feel? So mm. when you read something um, or see something online, is it something that makes you feel good or does it make you feel yucky? If it makes you feel yucky, we need to delve deeper into that. Okay. So if it makes you feel good, great. Like oh, if you scroll cool. Like we don't need to really address things that are like not damaging and harmful. Um, If something's making you feel yucky, we need to try and delve into that and find out why. So 
when things make you feel yucky, um, you might experience feelings of avoidance. You might experience feelings of anxiety. You might experience feelings of self-doubt. Um, anger. You might, anger. <clears throat> yep. Um, I do this. So I will come across something and I'll feel triggered by it um, where, you know, I will go straight to like, oh, that person's an idiot or, oh, like whatever. But it's because it's it's made me feel yucky. So then I have to go, oh, okay. So why are you, you, why do you care? Like what's, why is that triggered a reaction in you? Sometimes it'll be because being challenged feels yucky. Yeah. So, and we can't always just avoid being challenged or we're going to be the same person that we were 20 years ago. You know, like we have to be open to being challenged. However, the caveat to that is that the right environment to have something challenged? Is that the right environment for you, individual who's listening? Are you able to manage being challenged in that environment, which is an online environment with no support, zero support? Are you, is that a safe way for you to be challenged? If it's not, don't engage in that. Don't engage in that challenging. Don't engage in that stuff. Certainly don't engage in the comments section. Get oh out of gosh. there. Yeah, Get out of there. Get out of there. Nobody in that comments section or very few people in that comments section see you as a human. Mm. They see you as a name and a comment. They don't see you. They would never, people in the comment section would never speak to each other like that in real life. No, never, ever, ever, ever speak to each other like that in real life. Uh, okay. A handful of them maybe, but the large majority would not because it's not appropriate. The way that people speak to each other is not appropriate. It's not good social skills. And they and wouldn't get away with half of it anyway. No, it was- absolutely yeah. not. And if someone spoke to you like that in real life, you'd just be like, uh, what is happening? Mm. Like, uh, I'm not sure why I was speaking to you like that. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what? And your immediate re- reaction should be, well, that person's not conducting themselves in a way that I respect. And therefore I'm not going to be a part of this um, interaction, relationship, communication or anything, because this person is now screaming abuse at me um, when I've simply just stated my thoughts or ideas or something like that in a passive way or a question or something like that. And someone's going to, someone jumps into it and goes like, Oh, if you think that you're an idiot, that sort of stuff. Like if, if someone's going to speak to you like that online or face to face, that's not that a healthy boundary to set would be to say, okay, so this conversation is not going to move forward from here. I can see that, um, you know, with the emotions of boiled over discussion. Yeah. This Mm. isn't a discussion. Um, so let's table this for now. Um, and if it's something, you know, if it's a workplace and it's something that you actually do have to work through, let's, you know, let's reconvene, let's reconvene. And we might even get support, um, you know, from a manager or something like that and and a mediator or like, you know, let's reconvene and try again later. Um, or if it's, you know, old mate down at the shopping center, who's screaming abuse at you because you didn't put your shopping cart away, (laughs) you know, like. You're going to be happens. like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you're like, oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, 
<laughs> and you've got a sprained ankle or something like that. And you're like, you know, you know that 99% of the time you put your shopping cart away and today's not the day and whatever. And there's a reason or whatever. And you go like, oh, well, I'm not going to engage in a discussion with this person who's screaming abuse at me because mm-hmm. that's, it's not, that's not, there's no point to that. It's, this is not wholesome. It's not healthy. It's not, um, it's not useful. going anywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. a waste of time, energy, emotional energy, all that. So if you feel challenged by something and it's something that you go like, oh, okay. So is this a thing for me? Like, is, are these people saying something online? Um, I'll use a really like cruisy example of, let's say someone saying, don't ever use a retractable lead in dog training. And you've been using your retractable lead and then you get all reaction-y. So whatever that reaction is, if you feel challenged by that and you want to step into that and go, okay, so why am I feeling challenged by that? You potentially have the tools to work through that yourself. Um, You know, lots of uh, functional people, fully functional people are going to have the tools to go, okay, well, for my situation, does it apply? Um, does this apply? Yeah. Like, do I believe, well, you know, if this person's saying don't use retractable leads, it causes aggression, for example. I'm just making this up. I have no idea about, I don't have any opinion about retractable leads, except that sometimes they can get tangled around you and you get road burn. Um, <laughs> yes. You can cut your leg off or something. <laughs> um, but if you go like, okay, well, my little whatever dog doesn't, isn't, aggressive to other dogs and I don't let them do whatever they want on the end of a 20 meter retractable lead or whatever it is, if it's not a problem for you and your dog, can you work through that and go, um, okay, well, this doesn't apply to me. So that's fine. And I don't need to engage in a conversation with these people about it. Um, blah, blah, blah. If it, if you're feeling challenged, like you've got a, you know, large breed dog and it is aggressive, it's reactive to, other dogs or whatever, and you're using a retractable lead and then you go, oh, shivers, like, okay, so am I, is this a, have I done this to my dog? Like, have I caused this with my dog? Look, from a training perspective, I don't know. Um, Maybe, maybe you have, maybe you do need to be challenged on something at some point. Maybe you do need to be reflecting on that and asking yourself a question. Um, But don't engage online and then go, oh, yeah, or get defensive or any of those mm. things or that sort of stuff. Go to a dog trainer um, in real life, pay for their services, get some customer service along with your question about, hey, I've been using this retractable lead. Is it is it a possibility that this has caused whatever in my dog? And have a real life person treat you with some bloody respect and talk you through what's happening for you and your dog. They may look at the situation and go, no, 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 that's not, no. I would actually recommend continue using that lead because, you know, let's try another lead and see what happens. Oh, that was worse or whatever. Like, please just understand this. I'm just using this as an example. I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, like go and speak to someone and and work through it because if someone, if something online is making you feel really yucky and horrible and 
all those things. If it is something that you feel like, okay, I've been challenged by this and maybe it is something that I want to work on, that's good. That's that's a good outcome, okay? If you feel challenged by something and you're being made to feel yucky or whatever and you're having, say, oh, no, now I have to change my lead and, oh, no, now and I saw another post and they said do this and now I saw another post and they said do that and I saw another post that said do that, that's going to cause you so much stress and anxiety mm. largely because the way that the messages a lot of the time are being sent across is in a way that um, is designed to make you feel that way. It's yeah. really designed to make you feel yucky. It's to I trigger you. It's designed it's, to trigger yes. you. They want you in that comment mm-hmm. section. They want you in there arguing with each other. They don't care that you can't sleep because you're so fired up about someone's abusing you online or, you know, they don't care about that. They Or they turn off commenting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, responsible places, they'll turn off commenting when, you know, like if it gets out of control or they've got rules or, you know, things like that around how to engage on the content. That's why you'll find so Facebook groups are so much safer spaces than Facebook pages where a post can go everywhere and anyone can comment on it. Groups that have got rules around how to behave online and things like that. And you get kicked out if you are mean to people and rude and disrespectful and things like that. Yes. Yeah, it is much safer generally. Yes. That's it. You know, like, so I'm going to give another example that might be easier to follow because it's something that I'm seeing all the time in the horse world. The horse world has gone incredibly um, like very mental healthy. So there's a lot of talk about like connection with horses. Great. That's been around for a good while. Fantastic. The talk has become very centered on you as a human being and what you need to bring to the table in your relationship with your horse. Spiritually stuff, you know, like uh, regulation stuff. So, you know, regulate yourself, that sort of stuff. These are these are great messages. So I will also talk to people about doing some grounding or something like that before you go in and do something with your horse because they are so reactive to your emotional state. Mm. So, and always when your horse is reacting in a way that you don't um, like or um, they weren't like that last time or what is happening, something wrong, I always teach people to do a scan of themselves first and go like, so what are you bringing to this interaction? Um, Let's check that first and get that right um, so that we can make sure that we're not, triggering that in the horse's reaction, blah, blah, blah. When you're like watching some of these horse training pages, I've had to unfollow some because while I actually agree with the stuff that they're saying in a large portion of what they're saying, the way that they're saying it is incredibly attacking towards Mm. the horse owner. People generally don't walk around life purposely dysregulated, purposely frustrated, purposely anxious, purposely fearful of their horse. Like people aren't walking around like stuff you horse. 
I've got all this shit and I'm not doing anything about it and you just need to shut up and be ridden. Yeah, like, often it can be quite unconscious. Uh, absolutely. You have absolutely. to check in later and go, oh, my God, that's what I was feeling. I didn't even realise at the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So when these trainers are expressing their views and their information in a way that's it's very targeted at the human as you need to and if you're not doing this you're not honoring the horse well okay everybody just relax for a second you're speaking to human beings Mm. who are on a journey like they're, these people, like I said, they're not walking around like, I hope I dysregulate my horse today because I want to <laughs> get kicked in the friggin' face. Exactly. Like, what? Mm. I hope I make my horse dysregulated today so that he bolts off or spooks and bucks and I eat absolute shit on the ground and break my collarbone. Like, what? When we're expressing this information to people, I think we have lost focus of the human. We're focusing just on the horse's experience or just on the dog's experience. But there's another person involved in that relationship and it is a human being who loves that animal. They love that animal and they want to do the right thing by that animal. Some people are not ever going to be regulated to the extent that these horse people expect for them around, Mm. you know, they're not ever going to be free of anxiety they're not ever going to be whatever it is this you know pie in the sky idea that you're sharing about these perfect human beings they're the only ones that are allowed to interact with horses and dogs like Mm. Mm. okay settle down for starters both species are actually incredibly forgiving um so calm down and let's look at these situations as individual situations And let's look at the fact that there's a human being involved here who goes to work every day or what it goes without things every day so that they can feed and vet this animal. Yeah. Because they love it. Putting your own mask on first is important. That's it. And Mm. so I think expressing these ideas and I'm looking at it going, okay, so there's horse trainers running around um, sprouting all of these very counselling psychology-based ideas. And they, I imagine, I don't know what they think, but I would imagine that they're thinking like, I'm just adding so much to this space here because look at how much I'm like addressing the human and I'm like, um, you know, making things better for horses or dogs or whatever. One key thing, anyone that is a counsellor or a psychologist or in the mental health space or whatever, we're all looking at you going, you've really displayed that you've got zero knowledge I don't give a shit about what you read on the internet or in a book about emotional regulation or anxiety or cortisol or polyvagal theory or whatever it is you've picked up off of google I actually don't give a shit about any of your understanding of those things because you don't understand people Mm. that's not how you address these topics with people therapy is hard work. It is challenging. And the most, so confronting. Mm. The most important job of a therapist is to hold the space 
for the client. It is for us to create a space where a client can be challenged safely and supported through that challenge. So I will say to horse trainers, dog trainers, whoever that is stepping into that space and sprouting some shit that they've read off the internet that they may have an understanding of and have processed that for themselves and understood that for themselves, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane because you are hurting people by making them feel like they are inferior in one of the most important relationships that they have. In fact, in many cases, the most important relationship that they have is with that animal that they love within an inch of its bloody life that they dedicate everything to. And you're on the internet trying to get your likes and your follows and all that sort of shit that nobody, it doesn't, no one cares, mate. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. But these are genuine people. The people that are following your pages, your audience, they're the ones who are trying to do the right thing. Why would they be following your page? Why would they have come across your content? Why are their algorithms showing you, showing them your stuff? If they care enough. They care. you're, You're talking to people who are already on the same wavelength as you. So why are you being so mean to them? Why? Why? I don't understand why it's necessary to try and use guilt and shame to motivate a group of people who are already trying to do the right thing. I don't know if this is like a thing for me that's coming out because I'm a therapist and I'm reading it going, why are horse trainers being therapists now? Stay, like get get out of here. Because I'm I'm crossing into horse training. So that wouldn't be fair if I was like, stay, get, get out of here. Like, but because I'm crossing into their world. So okay, there's and there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of therapeutic potential and outcomes in working through these relationships that we have with animals, horses, dogs, whatever it is. That's why animal assisted therapy is a thing. That's why it's such a cool thing. However, if you're not educated in holding the space for a human being and like that kind of therapeutic um, advice, it's not general. It's not general advice that you can just put on the internet and then everyone's like oh okay well I better do it's not like sleep hygiene or um you know nutrition drink water mm. exercise like that's very suited to social media for that very that's reason it. yeah Gen- there's there is general advice on self-care and things like that and then there's stuff that's that's more specific and tailored to the person I really feel upset by seeing people use the relationship that someone has with their animal, dog or horse, and using guilt and shame in that relationship to say that the owner's not doing a good enough job when the owner maybe doesn't have the skills required to be able to do what you're sprouting that they should be doing. So those skills might be things like, um, like they might have mental health conditions Mm. where they can't just go outside, read that post and then just go outside and be a different person for their horse or dog. I think it's a great motivator. I think it's, it's I, like I always think about, you know, I want to be the best person that 
I can for my dogs. You know, I want to be the best I can for my horses. That's why I pay trainers to teach me how to do that stuff. You know, like I've spent a lot of time working, um, paying for and learning off of dog trainers and horse trainers, a lot of time. So that's, that's cool. And I'm on my own journey and I've made like, I get heaps of therapeutic outcomes from working with my animals, heaps. And I, you know, challenge myself on those things and that sort of stuff, but I've got the skills to do that. A, I have a degree in psychology and I've been a psychologist for over 10 years. So I have got some skills, some tools that I can use, but also I've got support and as dog well. training as well. Like don't discount yeah. that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when you've got, if you're in the right environment and the right situation and you can work through that stuff, great. So I'm not saying for these horse and dog trainers to not suggest these things online. I think suggest it's good it. if it's posed in a way that's making you just ask that question. But it, yeah, th- there is a, also a responsibility to know that you're posing these questions to people that you have no knowledge on what's yeah. going on in their lives. And you're shutting them down. So, mm. you you know, using guilt and shame and things like that, it's going to create avoidance in people and it's going to slow their own process down. Those also, things you don't slow the process down. a negative association to things like dog training, horse training, whatever yep. this person's following this influencer for. Because if you're targeting them and triggering them and not taking responsibility for that, then they might... Yeah. I mean, they'll retract and maybe not want to deal with it at all. Exactly. They could have just felt safe to ask the questions. Exactly. Mm. So instead of, so for our listeners, if you're like, okay, what do I do now that you, Sam, you're all fired up about this. So what do I do? Okay. If you're reading a post and someone's saying you need to X, Y, Z, you're not doing the right, you're not doing enough. You're not, if you're feeling those feelings of like, oh gosh, like, oh my goodness. I think those posts are better written by people talking about their own journey. So um, Fern, who's the Brumby that we've got in foster at the moment. Um, I was talking on our White Hearts Instagram about how I'm having, she's requires patience and I hate patience. So she's a real issue at the moment in terms of, cause I'm a corner cutter. I'm cutting mm. corners. I'm cut, I've cut heaps of corners with that Brumby and I've gotten away with it cause she's a really cool horse. Um, but I am feeling like oh, I've cut some it's bloody up corners bit. here. Like it's eventually yeah. it's going to catch up with me. I, I trimmed her back feet the first time I picked them up. So like trimming horses' feet is you get these big nippers yeah. and you cut it off and then you rasp it. Was that um, the, that wasn't the first time she'd ever had it done, or was it? Yeah. So that's the that first time she's ever far, had her wow, back yeah. feet picked up. And then I trimmed clipped. it. <laughs> So like horse people who are ever listening will be like, what are you doing? <laughs> she was so cool about it, you know? And so I understand that I've taken advantage of Fern being cool about stuff by not being very patient. I should have picked her feet up a number of times on different days and, you know, blah, 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 and not just trim them straight away. That would have been probably what people would say would be honoring the horse. 
another group of people would be like, whatever, like she's trim them, like, you know, who cares, whatever. So there'd be a different opinions out there. But what matters is my opinion. So my opinion of myself, I know that I didn't traumatize that horse. I got video, I got the video, the whole thing. I got videos of this horse. She's sweet, right? She's all good. She's not worried about me trimming her back feet. The disconnect or the incongruence that I have is that I am aware that I don't have the patience mm. to pick up her feet a number of times. Yeah. I can't be bothered. Okay. So I just can't be bothered. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm aware of that. And so for me, Fern doesn't care. She doesn't know any different. She doesn't know what horse training opinions are. She's just a horse. She's literally out of the wild. She's got no idea. I'm her first handler. She doesn't have no idea. She doesn't care. She just, is she getting on with her life? Yeah, she's great. Did she care? No, she's fine. But for me, I'm like, mm, yeah. So um, that combined with, um, you know, like I took her out of the round yard and her first leading lesson, um, she was literally sh- like put onto a sh- stock crate, unloaded off the stock crate into the round yard, did a couple of um, catching lessons with her, but no leading. Um and then it got really hot. And so I decided to catch her and lead her down to another paddock for her first leading lesson, which is insanity. Um, it was all within boundary fencing. Yeah. You no, know, like worst case, but it was, it, you know, she got away from me at one point and ran off and I was like, Oh, cause all the other horses ran up the flipping paddock. Um, but then she, you know, caught her again, walked her down, got in the paddock. Sweet. It was all good. So, but I'm very aware that's not how you do. And I was by myself. So I didn't have a flag or I didn't have anyone to help. Very aware. That's not really how you do that, but it was hot. And I didn't want her in the round yard. And also I can't be bothered. Like I'm not in patience for this. I don't have patience for that. Catching her in the big paddock. So now she's in a big, massive paddock. Uh, You know, we should be doing X, Y, Z, you know, blah, blah, blah. but I don't have the patience for that. I'm just going to catch it. So, you know, there's all this stuff that I'm like, Oh God, like, I really have to work on my patience because I'm acknowledging for myself, I have the patience, but I want to have the patience. If you are, you know, thinking like hearing that story and being like, who cares? If it works, it works. Absolutely. And that's been my attitude. Like, ah, oh, she's fine. She's good. It's working so far. I'm not um, upset about anything with Fern. She's an absolute legend, but I am aware that if this was a different Brumby, I wouldn't be getting away with this. So mm-hmm. I'm, and and then that would annoy me a lot because I'm really enjoying that she's just really letting me get away with this stuff and I've been able to cut heaps of corners. It's great. So <laughs> she's just a legend. So, but I know that I have to address that patience thing in myself because it is a thing for me, very ADHD, like it's patience for me is an issue. So I have an opportunity to try and address that. Da, 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 da. So I'm a reasonably high functioning human being. Um, and I have enough tools and knowledge and skills and information to, to be able to reflect on that for myself. And I, I loved my thing about having horses and dogs and all that sort of stuff is I love self-reflection. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with building insight. You, I'm obsessed film, with all those you film a lot of things too, which helps that yes. habit. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. And I share, this is my journey with this horse. Okay. Mm. I'm not on there like, you guys need to have more patience. You need to blah, 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 blah. If you don't have patience, you're not honoring the horse. Whinge, 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 whinge about what everybody else should be doing. It's a different, 
approach. So like I've been on the Instagram talking about patience and the value of patience and things like that, but I'm disclosing also that I've got like very limited patience. And so this is a thing for me that I'm yeah, working Yeah, it's a relevant on. topic for you. Yeah, for mm. me, not me jumping on there and going, everyone who has a horse is an idiot if they don't have patience, like blah, 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 whinge, 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 whinge. And you probably find, like, so let's trans, like, fast forward in uh, 12 months or however long it takes me to develop patience into the future. And I, let's say I've conquered this battle for myself, right? And I'm an incredibly patient because maybe it's five years in the future. Don't know. But once I've conquered that, that's also not the time to jump online and be like, patience is so necessary. If you don't Absolutely. have patience, right? And I think you'll find that a lot of the people who are sprouting stuff, they've been on that journey themselves. And that's how they have this information because they've figured it out along the way, whether it's um, through working with their clients that they train or for themselves. A lot of the time it'll be for themselves. And they've gotten to that point and they're trying to share stuff, but they're sharing it in such a way that is so incredibly ostracizing and judgmental and all this stuff and, and ignoring they, their journey where they would make all those mistakes that yeah. they're now attacking other people for making you know <laughs> like and why address it in that way when you mm. could it's so much and maybe I'm just speaking to a group of people that think like me but, but I think it's so much more valuable to be able to share along the journey. Like tell, don't tell me what you're doing perfectly and what everybody else should be doing perfectly. Tell me what you're struggling with. Mm. Tell me that. What are you doing right now that you're not happy with? It's more what relatable, is that? honest. Because it's not nothing. Because if it is nothing, that means you've told me that you're a perfect person, which means I'm, I might as well unfollow you now because you're a dead set idiot. If you think you're a perfect person, mm. you're an idiot, idiot. I'll give you another example. Nala, my three-year-old Labrador, um, sits like a frog when she lays <laughs> out. She's like got her legs out to the side. I She's love done that. it since she was a puppy. I thought she was going to grow out of it. <sighs> it's so bad for her hips. It's really cute. <laughs> But it's really bad for her hips. Yeah. And I've been watching her for the last three years do this. And I'm like, I'm going to have to do something about that dog. Like, I'm going to have it. I went to Kmart, bought like $150 worth of dog gym shit. Haven't used it. That was like a year ago. Oh, not quite a year ago. Haven't used it. Started setting it up. Didn't use it. Um, I actually know how to help her with that. I know she needs to go to a physio. And I know that she needs certain exercises. And the way I know that is because my older dog, Sonny, had uh, hip dysplasia when he was little. And I was far more proactive with his hips. And he's 12 years old and he runs around like a lunatic and he's got great hips because I fixed it. Cairo, physio, the whole deal, everything. So this dog, this three-year-old dog, I'm looking at her going, I've done really nothing about these bloody hips. Like, and I keep, so I bought certain um, special treats for her because I'm going to get her to do her exercises with the treats. I'm going to set up the gym and I'm going to do all these things. Haven't done it. Right. Mm. And I feel challenged by that when I see her lay with her legs like a frog. I'm like, damn it, I've got to do something about this dog. And then last week, 
I was getting her to do these exercises and her whole back is twinging. Like it's spasms when they, so um, if That's you don't know. That's a good sign? When it's, it's a bad sign. A bad sign. So her back shouldn't be spasming like from, you know, being touched or sitting and stuff like that. Oh, it's just okay, a, okay. It's like Same a tight, tight muscle thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, And so I'm like looking at it going, oh, my God. Like <laughs> she's spasming. I know I need to book a physio and blah, 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 but I work you know, full-time big hours. When am I going to be able to do that? Da, 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 da. Anyway, we got a um, Cairo. I got a Cairo out for one of the horses last week. And um, while he was here, I was like, it started raining. Um, and he was like, oh, my clients are canceling because of the rain. And I was like, oh, do you do dogs? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, if you've had cancellations, do you want to look at my dog? <laughs> he looks at the dog and I'm like, yeah, so I've been doing some exercises with her. I've done like hardly anything. And I'm like, <laughs> um, and he gave her an adjustment and he also was like, so she's spasming a fair bit. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the only other thing I did was put him on a, um, I put him on Antinol because um, I put my older dog on it first. And then I was like, I really should put Nala on this too. So she's been on Antinol for a few months. So give myself a point. One point for that, <laughs> um, which is a joint supplement. So anyway, the point is that's challenging. Like it's like, mm. that's a challenging thing for me. And that's something that I have to work on. And I feel a bit better now that she's had an adjustment. And I know he reminded me of a few things that I could do um, that I think I could easily more easily fit into my lifestyle and stuff like that. But how many people like dog trainers or horse trainers or whatever are they telling you what shit they're going through right now? What they're or not are doing they, perfectly. Yeah. Are they mm. telling you what they're not doing perfectly? I don't see it. I don't see it at all, um, pretty much. Once they're, I don't think that people have to share a struggle while they're in a struggle because uh, that's very hard to do. Um, but if you're not willing to share a struggle right on the opposite side of it, um, so once you get to, so that's easier for me to share about Nala because she did see a chiropractor last week. Um, so I feel a bit better about the situation. Um, so that's easier for me to share that. Whereas if we had this conversation last week before that, that would have been harder for me mm. to say, so I can see that my dog's hips are not great and I've done nothing about it. So um, when I, when you're sharing something like that, you don't have to over-disclose. That's my favorite thing to do in the world is over-disclose. You don't have to over-disclose something when you're in the midst of it. So I'm like that, like, you know, relationship breakups and stuff like that. Like you don't have to talk about that in the midst of it. Um, it's sometimes it's easier to talk about those things once you feel a bit more capable of handling. Yeah, you've processed you know, it. You've processed it a bit, you know, that's fine. But are you talking about this shit at all? Because if you're not, you better not be online telling other people what they should and shouldn't be doing with their goddamn life. Because if you're not sharing your struggle, if you're not talking about you, you've got sweet FA right to talk about anybody else. 
So go and delete all your history posts. I know that the people that I'm talking to aren't listening to this. I know that for a fact, like I've, maybe they are. If you are, go back and delete that shit or start disclosing some stuff now, some real stuff that's going to help people understand that you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. You're not perfect. Your horse doesn't need you to be perfect. Your dog doesn't need you to be perfect. They need you to love them and look after them and try hard Mm. to be good to them and understand them and learn to communicate with them and things like that. We all get, all trainers get upset. You know, if I see someone using terrible timing with their horse um, and the horse is confused and frustrated, that's hard. Like it's hard for me to watch that. But who the hell am I to be like, you aren't good enough to own a horse. Like maybe they've got motor planning issues, coordination issues. Maybe they've got a neurological thing that, you know, the the messages don't get sent as fast. Like settle down, settle down. Let's talk to this person about their experience. And sometimes we can change equipment. Sometimes we can change the task. So we might explain like, okay, so, this horse doesn't understand this because we're doing it that way um, and it's confusing for them and da-da-da and safely talk about that, the handling. Let's simplify it or let's, you know, do X, Y, Z to make it the message clearer, like blah, blah, blah. Yes, challenge people. If you're a trainer and you're working with an individual person, yes, challenge them. Don't just let them, you know, do the wrong thing forever if it's an actual issue whether it's a welfare issue or whatever it's a danger issue because the animal's frustrated like I know that um, a lot of dog owners can accidentally cause reactivity in their dogs because of their leash handling skills Mm. absolutely that happens Mm -hmm. all the time and dog trainers know that we know that that happens all the time let's address it on an individual level why is the leash handling like that what how can we make this situation different um, and better for everybody involved, given that there might be this human being might have some kind of um, ceiling to what they can do in regards to leash handling. So let's look at that. Let's look at things on an individual level rather than posting things online and telling people that they're a terrible dog owner, making them feel guilty, making them feel shame, making them feel like they're doing the wrong thing by their horses, whatever it is, this toxic um, conversation that's happening online. There was one lady who posted, um, we tell our dogs no. So anyone who's trained with us knows that. We use the word no when we train our dogs. Ridiculous that I have to even say it like that, but apparently it's a big deal. We haven't moved away from it. I've got reasons why. If you're that interested, you can contact me. It'll take me a minute to explain it and I can't be bothered right now. I don't have the patience. (laughs) However, (laughs) she's posted some meme saying like, if you tell your dog no, basically you're um, building frustration in them and it causes stress and blah, 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 blah. And I commented on that because I was triggered by that. Um, which I normally don't get engaged. This is this would be about a month ago now. And I was pissed, right? Because I tell my dogs no all the time. But I thought, okay, the way to address this is to speak to this lady directly and say, hey, um, I would 
really welcome you to come and see my dogs. I would really welcome you to my home and I would invite you. I've got spare rooms. I would invite you to stay for a week or a weekend, whatever suits your schedule and for you to live with these dogs. And once you've lived with these dogs and heard me tell them no. Many times. Many Mm -hmm. times if required. I started making videos of me telling my dogs no, because we're going to put a compilation together for our training courses because it's things like dogs walking underneath horses. And I'm like, Sonny, no. And he just looks at me and walks off, you know, like he's like, ah, it's stuff like that. Like Nala's trying to bite them. It's yeah. Uh, Walking through, I saw a snake in the paddock and Nala was walking through the paddock with me and I'd tell her to stop where she was. um, So I could go and get a photo of the snake so I could ID it. Uh, It was a tree snake. Thank goodness. Um, Mm -hmm. Things like that, you know, like you need to stay back there. Okay. Cause I'm going through here now, like stuff like that. And I tried to give some examples um, and obviously that in the comment section of the post, obviously that went pear shaped um, as it does. So, you know, uh, lesson learned again, it's been a while since I've been in a comment section and it'll be another hot minute before I'm ever in a comment section again. It just explodes Um, no matter what you say. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And also these people aren't people. So the people are commenting um, and I'm saying, okay, so I also extend the invitation to you. So I chose not to engage in the back and forth about whether or not you should tell your dog no. And so a lot of people are saying things like, so I'm like, well, if my dogs bite the tires on my road on mower, I tell them no. And they're like, well, that should be managed differently. The dogs haven't been prepared enough for that situation. And I'm like, well, okay, maybe. Um, A, I can't be bothered preparing them for that situation. I'm a busy person. Um, it's easier for when I first start the mower and they lose their goddamn minds and they bark and then Nala bites the tire and I say, Nala, no. And then she stops doing that. And then all three of them run off like idiots and run around in circles the whole time that I'm doing anything on the mower. It's literally happened this morning. Two of them are in the dam wrestling. One of them's got a toy running around in circles because they're just so excited by the mower. They love it. I want them to have that fun because look at them. They're having fun and they're exercising. Great. Um, I don't want them to bark at me and bite the mower tires. So when I turn the mower on, I say, no, I don't want to dull them down to them. Whatever. Like they're having fun. Look at them. They're having a great time. I've got that many videos of the dogs acting like idiots, you know, just having the best time that I enjoy that, that they're enjoying themselves. So whatever, it's not a problem. I just say, no, don't bite the tire. And she stops Mm. buying the tire, like, Mm. or doesn't She's not sitting around thinking about the fact you said, no, she's gone off and kept herself busy in the day. Yeah, 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 exactly. She looks at me and then runs off and then goes and grabs a toy or jumps on her brother. And then, you know, the dogs are filthy today because the water's (laughs) gone down in the dam. Oh my God. Muddy. (laughs) They're in the dam. Like it says, just covered in mud. They're outside at the moment. This is God. I'm going to have to bath them. So annoying. But anyway, they had a great time. But every, so I was like, I'm not going to argue with these people. So every person that commented and was like, you're a horrible person for saying no to your dogs. I was like, so, you know, you, you're you also welcome to drop in anytime. Come and meet my dogs. Come and meet my dogs. Come and meet my dogs. Not one person took me up on the offer. The lady who posted the thing never replied to my comment, but she replied to like most of the other comments. I um, PM, I d- DM'd her as well. Um, and said, you know, I just wanted to let you know, I am genuine about that. I am actually genuine about, you know, if you want to come and see my dogs, mm. um, you know, mm. and see how we live. Like we live on 10 acres, there's horses, there's a cat, there's chickens, like come and 
see how we live and what their life is like. And you can watch me live here for a week so that I can't hide anything from you. You know, like you could drop in for an hour and I'll be like, oh, look at these dogs. But live here for a week and see how we actually live our lives, you know. Then tell me that telling them no is causing frustration and stress and all these things. No reply. And it really, like I posted in one of my dog training groups about it. And we just discussed like, you know, maybe this is what we should be doing to address this stuff is actually let's get offline. Let's not be online. Let's get offline and have these discussions face-to-face as human beings because the old saying, cool story, show me a dog. I can't remember who says that. I think I got it off Pat Stewart, but I think he might've got off someone, but I don't know. Cool story, show me a dog. That has gone to the wayside. Like, let me show you my dog. Let me show you my dog. But you're not interested in seeing the dog. You're just interested in sprouting nonsense online that makes people feel bad because they've... She doesn't want to be challenged as well from the sounds of things. Hmm. Hmm. You know, like was she was quite happy to message back to other people that were saying, I don't agree with this. Um, she was quite happy to message them back and like comment back on their comments and stuff like that, but nothing on mine. And my comment had heaps of comments on it because the other dog trainers were on there telling me I was an idiot, dog people or whatever. And I was like, that's fine, but you can also come and see my dogs. Like, Come and see the dogs, come and see the dogs, come and see the dogs. But no one was interested in seeing the dogs. Mm. So I'm just really intrigued by that because I think if you care about dogs so much, why aren't you interested in seeing the dogs? Mm. Why are you just posting stuff online? But none of you are actually interested in coming and seeing the dogs. So does that, like, that? to me, that really stands out as being an ideology. Like, we're just saying stuff. We're mm. just saying stuff. Yeah. And then she posted something else, like, the next day or something like that, and it was very related. And I commented on that one, and one of her disciples or whatever was like, um, because I referred back to the saying no thing, um, and one of her, and then these, like, trainers were trying to tell me that you can no, it's not that you can never say no to your dog. And so I linked them back to her post from the day before. And I was like, yeah. So why are you saying this stuff if you don't even believe it, like, or think it, or it's not generalizable to all scenarios. So why did you write such a general post about it? Like why are you offering this information in two sentences on a meme and then send it out to go viral where innocent dog owners are coming across it and then going, Oh, okay. I can't tell my dog no ever again. Like I'm destroying my dog. I'm a bad person. I'll just not do that. But they're not even, there's no context. Yeah. Like what, you know, like I've had, I was able to give them multiple scenarios of, okay, but when a wallaby jumps through my yard and my dogs chase it and I say, no, they stop chasing it. When I went into my chicken coop the other week and there was a massive Eastern brown snake eating a um, rat in there, I was like, I literally started crying. I started to cry. (laughs) I rang my partner and started to cry immediately because I'm, I've never seen an Eastern brown before. And it finally happened. And I was, it was in my chicken coop, which is right in my barn. And I was like, everything I love is going to die from this snake. So, you know, in those situations, I have to say to my dogs, no, like you can't come in here. They, 
they go in their chicken coop all the time. Like they love it in there. They eat chicken poo. They love it. They they steal the eggs. They do whatever they want in there. They just love it. Great. Normally, but today it's a no. Like I was giving all these examples of why I there are times when I have to tell my dogs the no. unexpected yeah, safety like, seems to come to mind the most. Just mm. stuff, man. Like well, this is a brand new Brumby that we just brought home and then she's not used to your nonsense. So don't run around behind her and, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That dogs don't know it's a different horse. Like, you know, the other horse, horses, their dog broke. So they're like, whatever, these dogs are fine, you know, which is great. Everyone lives together happily, but she's, she's new. So just can you get out of her feed bowl, please? Get out of it. No, move. You know, stuff like that. But I was able to give all these examples and they were just couldn't, there was no reconciliation or like there was some stuff that was okay to say no, but a lot of it was like, well, your dogs haven't been set up correctly if they're chasing wallabies. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Lock them inside all day. Like who cares if when, they chase a wallaby? When does it get like, to the point to where your dog is set up? Because from anyone 100%. living on this planet, things happen that you're just not prepared for. It doesn't matter how much, you know, you do to keep exactly. yourself and the people you love safe. Things just happen where you're like, oh, happen. Yeah, didn't see that car. I'm glad yeah. I stepped back in time or someone, like things happen. Exactly. Right? And they it were very blamey. They were very yeah. blamey on like, well, you haven't set your dogs up correctly. But I don't understand that because the the things that happen around here are new and different all the time. But you kept so them safe. The way to set them up correctly is to teach them that no means cease and desist. Mm. And they know that. Mm. So... I have set them up correctly, really, by teaching them the rule at this joint is do whatever you want until I tell you to stop doing it. That's literally the rules that we have here. Like, do whatever you want. Don't leave the boundaries um, of our property. And if I say no, it means cease and desist. If I call you, it means come here. If I tell you to drop, it means you stay there until I tell you to move, please, because uh, something's happening and I need you to be out of the way or whatever. That's literally how we run this joint. And we're sweet. Like everything's cool. My dogs do whatever. Like they're having a good time. They're not in the way. It's all, it works for us. So, and that might not work for some people and that's cool. Mm. Whatever. Like whatever, man. Like some people's dogs would need more boundaries. Some probably need less boundaries. I don't know. Whatever. Absolutely. I don't live at their house. I don't know. But when you're getting online and sprouting this nonsense and then there's all these specific little details and situations of um why you're a bad person and blah 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 like I just was I can handle it like I was just like okay guys like and by saying okay well that's fine you can come and see my dogs and none of them taking up that offer it made it really clear to me that um okay so you don't actually give a shit like you're actually not interested in this at all so I don't really care what you reckon but if you're not so um, like I'm confident in what we do because I live with my dogs every day and they're great dogs. So if I, I could take them anywhere, they, we just went to Brumby camp, all three dogs again for 10 days, like last week, you know, camping for 10 days with the dogs. Yeah. As other dogs, new dogs rock up every day. People come, fence sitters, i got dogs. All the dogs are off lead. Brumby's everywhere, you know, people, campsites. My dogs are... Um, get into the bins, which is a pain in the ass because <laughs> I have to clean up the bins all the time. It's very annoying. Um, and I don't supervise <laughs> them closely enough. So I have to lock them up when I'm not watching. 
so that I can keep them out of the bins. But apart from that, um, they're sweet, like all good. Does everything's sweet. So, you know, when I have a lifestyle that suits me and my dogs and it suits me and my horses and they're happy, the horses are happy, I'm happy, everything's cool. Then why I'm, I can be super co- like confident in like, okay, well, what I'm doing works for me. Um, and if so, I see something online that I think um, is interesting or, um, you know, that's could be helpful, whatever, I'll take that information on board and go, okay, cool. I could try that, you know, try that thing. Let's try that thing. Let's mm. try that thing. Great. But the information has got to be presented in a way that I can, I can receive it. Like it's, it's got to be presented in a way that's not using guilt and shame and um, all those negative things of you're not doing the right thing and blah, 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 blah. We just need to move away from it. And I think, you know, it's probably not going to happen um, in the online environment. And I understand that. And I'm willing to accept that, you know, it's too far gone. I'm willing to accept that, but I really want to, wanted to talk about this because I want to help other people to understand that where to get your information from. So if it's just something that's popping up and it makes you feel confused or frustrated or avoidant or anxious or not good enough, you feel guilty, you feel shame, you feel those things. Even if this is a face-to-face dog trainer, I've heard horror stories about this stuff as well, where a face-to-face trainer is making you feel those things. It doesn't matter that they're a dog trainer or a horse trainer. Their job is to train you. Mm, Absolutely. That's the key. If they can't present their information to you, whether they're right or wrong in their information, if they can't present their information to you in a way that makes you feel like a human being that deserves some flippin' respect um, and, you know, the communication is respectful and um, kind and it makes sense and it's delivered well, that sort of stuff. If that's not happening, say goodbye, whether it's online content or it's a face-to-face trainer or whatever it is, anyone who is making you feel like you're not a good person, you're not good enough or you're not doing enough, all that stuff. If it's someone that you've built a relationship with and they've felt like it's time to challenge you, great, you know, and take that on board. But if you've just started a relationship, so you're attending classes. I had a dog trainer way back 12 years ago um, who was horrible for it. She used to make everybody feel, if she didn't like you when your dog rocked up to class, she'd say, oh, what's wrong with Sunny? He looks stressed. Because that mm. was her main thing of like, you weren't like stress was like the enemy for dogs. And if you, your dog was ever stressed, it was like, oh, your poor dog is stressed. Okay. All right. We'll settle down. Um, The dog is fine. It's just shown up to a dog training class on lead and it's a Labrador. (laughs) Like, it's like, I want to be off lead and play. Like, you know, or if the dog is stressed, Hey, how about you don't address it to me publicly in a group setting? You've sociopath, like, mm-hmm. you know, but all, like all of us that train there, like we used to just be so like, I, I it destroyed my confidence. And that was my first dog training experience. And oh, it just destroyed gosh. my confidence. I just was like, just constantly. And I'm really still getting super triggered by people like your dog's stress. I'll be like, oh my God, is it? 
super triggered by that. But um, or like now, like if people think I'm not looking after my animals, I'm like, oh my god, I'm having meltdown. Mm, I can't handle this. It's oh never god, a nice god, thing god, to god, hear, god. particularly because you really yeah. care. Yeah, exactly. And I am looking after my animals. But if anyone ever made me feel that way, I'd be like, oh my god, I'd have to really work on that. But anyway, so the point is, if someone is not if they're not expressing information to you in a way that's building you up, it's building your dog up, it's building your relationship with your dog, between you and your dog, it's building a relationship between you and your horse. If it's not being presented in that way and if this trainer is not taking into account you as a person, you as an individual, your situation, your individual situation, if they're not taking that into account, side note, if you've got a therapist that's doing this as well, get out. It's mm. not the right fit. It's not the right fit for you. So as a therapist, we do have to challenge people. And as a dog and horse trainer, we are going to have to challenge people. I'm not saying if someone ever challenges you, quit. Don't do that. Like you do need to be challenged on things. Some people do need to be challenged on things sometimes. That's our job too. But if it is not being done in a way that is safe and respectful and it is um specific to your individual situation with your individual dog, your individual life, your individual horse, whatever it is, that's a red flag for me. And I think during this information giving, so um, I was explaining to someone being a psychologist the other day, during the process, like, you know, so psychology is like everyone says to you, like, are you reading my mind? And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, so you can't read minds? And I was like, "Mm, I just actually am not interested in what you think. <laughs> but no, I can't read minds. And also I don't care what you're thinking. So when you're um a psychologist, like the, the psychology that I do, um, it's very like problem solving. So like I ask a lot of questions and we try and problem solve things and figure things out and like a lot of detective work sort of stuff. Um, and to do that, like I really love that style because to do that, it's very, very person-centered. So it's very, very about you and your situation and what you want and also what your strengths are and what your limitations are. And, Mm. you know, like it's very, very individualized process. And I love doing that with dogs and horses as well. So like I just did Brumby camp and I'm very much about like, okay, so you and this horse, I reckon this because you need XYZ and they need XYZ. And I think we can meet here. I love that stuff. I do it with dogs. If your dog, I reckon you and your dog need this. That's what I reckon. Let's try it. And I love expressing things as a trial. I do that all the time in psychology work as well. Give it a try. Let's do it as a trial. Let's trial that and see if it works. It's a really cool way to challenge people and give the next step um, of information. But um, life hack, it's also a flip an awesome way to never be wrong. Like I can't be wrong. I can never be wrong because we're just trialing it. Like You're I don't know why more people do differences. Yeah. yeah. It might not work. Like, but we're trialing it. And then when we do a trial, we come back with more information. So tell me, like I literally say to clients, like, can you just like go and try this for me and then come back and tell me what happens when you do that? Because I'm just not sure like where what this part is all about. So, but if you go try that, we'll have more information about that. And then we can try and figure it out further from there. If you're a trainer, do, do things as trialing, like trial stuff. If you fully commit yourself to you must X, Y, Z, and that doesn't work, 
whether it doesn't work for the animal or the person or them combined, now you're wrong. When you're wrong, it's that's triggering, like to be the person who's been paid to give advice and now you're wrong. So do things as a trial, man. Like it's literally, the, it's so freeing. It's the greatest way ever. And it includes your client in the process as well. Yes, yes. It gives them the power to be able to assess yeah. and reflect. And, yes. Mm. And their information gathering. So now they're coming back and giving me more information. So there's such a huge part of the whole process. They're more committed to the process because they're more involved in it. It's not someone just telling, not some perfect person who's just telling them what to do all the time. That's way harder um, and it's harder for that person. So if that's been a, a bigger part of the process, the problem solving process, it's easier for them to then generalize that information to the next situation that pops up. That's a little bit different, but kind of the same. There's so many wins, but anyway, that's just my own little life hack. So you can try that or don't try it. It doesn't matter. But the, the whole point is that if someone is not, um, I have a reputation for being very abrupt and blunt and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and it's not a great fit for everybody, but I do. Um, I, so I do understand we do need to challenge people like we do need. And I will absolutely, whether it's you, you and your horse, you and your dog, you and your therapy, we will challenge you. But our job is to make sure that the space is safe to do that. And we're supporting you through the challenge. I'm not seeing that happen online. I'm not seeing it happen with a lot of very extreme dog trainers, um, or horse trainers, whatever it is. I'm not seeing a lot of that. Um, it does happen. I know my trainers do it. Um, so, you know, I've seen it, it does happen. Um, but I just want people to be more aware of how to keep yourself safe and happy in the space and not buying too much into people who are not considering you as the person in this relationship. I don't want these dog and horse and whatever animal relationships to be so one-sided that it doesn't matter who you as the person are. All that matters is this horse, whatever, and this dog, whatever. You won't ever get things right or you won't ever get things better or whatever it is if you can't, if you haven't been taken into account in the equation. You Absolutely. are an individual. Mm, of course. Big mm. time. So I'm pretty passionate about that. I think it's really important. One of the things that I noticed as well, so the dog industry, like how that's like, okay, so I was trying to show people my dog. They're like, no, um, we're not interested. I didn't say that. It just ignored me. But I went to a cult start on the weekend um, with my good friend and one of my horse trainers, Tamara, Janice from TJ Equine. And um, I was there as her strapper. She was um, a part of the cult start. It's a competition where, shouldn't be a competition, but it is. It's a competition where um, you get three horses that are ready to be started under saddle, three trainers. There's three round yards. There's, a, you know, round yards that they put horses in and train them. Audience of people. It was live streamed online because the horses were auctioned at the end of the comp. Anyway, um, I'd love to see that with dog trainers. Mm, that would be really interesting. There's nowhere to hide. Your mm. and the whole idea of it is you're demonstrating your methods, and that's the whole. Like they still have a winner because the crowd wants a winner, and blah blah blah. Um, but the whole point of it. So the trainers are mic'd up, um, and during the process, they're like saying to the trainers, "Okay, so what are you doing now? 
And why do you do that? And so the trainers are explaining their training program that they use to start young horses. And it was so good. Like, and so there's so much more sharing of information. I learned heaps. There's things that I saw that I was like, "Uh, I don't love that. I like tomorrow's way better. Um, But there was other things like, so one guy was using um, a barrel. So he gets him going in the round yard. Then he puts a barrel in the middle. So he gets him comfortable. But then when he goes out into the arena, and the horse is being ridden out there and the horse might be get a little bit nervous or insecure or whatever. He goes back to the barrel that he's now moved into the arena. So the horse goes like, oh, okay, I know this. I just go around the barrel. Okay. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, what a great idea. That's a great idea. You know? Mm, cool. Yeah. And I was reflecting on it and I was like, dog trainers do not do that. Could you imagine? no. no. Like that would be that would be really interesting to watch because then it would also be a way to open discussions where yeah. it's structured. Yeah. We need more yeah. structured discussions rather than just every Comments man for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever's got the most followers Whoever. just wins because yeah. like their disciple army just jumps online and is like, ah, Attack, you Attack. know, exactly. savages, <laughs> like far out. I was thinking, man, like, and that happens in the horse world too. Like that's, it is the thing that happens. Horses are a different animal to dogs. Like it's easier to get three two-year-old horses that have had no handling. Like you're not going to get three two-year-old dogs that have had no handling and be like, show us what you do, trainer. Like, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> yes. You got to take in, into consideration a few different things. That's it. You know, like there's, that's why you can do it with, with horses um but you know I just was very aware that like we just don't train dogs like you know we don't swap methods that way um given also how many people have dogs Mm. it's it's interesting that it's not you know common practice to be openly discussing this in a structured way respectfully that people can you know, look in on and learn and take tips from and go, oh, I recognize that in my dog and that would probably work really well or. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I've said this a few times before, but when people get horses, they often get in advice, information, trainers, whatever involved. When people get dogs, they just wing it. Like, Mm. you know, they're just winging it. And we think dogs are more domesticated than what they really are. Uh, that's why we have such a high bite rate. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a real problem in Australia with not dog understanding bite, dog body language and mm. Mm. basic, and need, basic yeah. things too. Yeah. That would help. Yeah. So um, I just think it would be really interesting if we were more, you know, if we shared information in a better way, talk about your own stuff. If you're out there posting information about what everyone else should be doing, talk about your own stuff. Show us your dog. Um, If you want to be online, maybe look at Facebook groups or places that are more regulated. And then, yeah, always get in touch with a trainer that can assess your dog. If you're training with a trainer or you're taking advice from trainers, look at their dogs. Look at their dogs. Uh, Do you like their dogs? Do they show you their dogs? Do they have happy, well-adjusted dogs? you know, cause they should, I know some trainers won't have 
like all of their dogs that way because they've taken on rescues or difficult cases or whatever. Um, but generally speaking, their dog, they trained their dog. So if they're training your dog, they trained their dog. So if you don't want your dog to be like their dog, don't use them as a trainer. Mm. Mm. You know, that's how it works in the horse world. Horse trainers go out and they compete. They go and do um, dressage competitions, trail stuff, um, endurance things. They go and compete on in these and they display their skill and you see them and they wear their shirts, you see them out and about and all that sort of stuff. And then you go that. So one of the trainers, one of the ladies that was there at this cult start thing, it was a camp draft as well. Mate, unreal, unreal. She's a legend, Leah Reed. So I'd never heard of her before. She's competed on a number of horses. Some people like, you know, they take 20 horses to these things. Competes on a number of horses. We only watched this one class. I must have seen her ride four horses Unbelievable. Like the consistency that she had, the horses were great. She had great runs. Excellent. She won first, second, and fourth in that Mm. class. She's a horse trainer. The reason she's out there for the love of it, but also because she's displaying, this is what I produce. We don't really do a lot of that in the dog world. No, we don't. You know, like we don't do heaps of that. Like this is what I produce, you know, like, and so you you can choose your camp drafting horse trainer from a camp draft because the trainers are out there camp drafting on their horses mm. or their client horses, you know. So you can be like, oh, look at what they, you know, look at. And you see, look at how they ride, you know. Are they, do you like their riding style, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just think it's a, yeah, it's a thing that we forget about and we miss in the dog world where, if you're going to a dog training place, lots of dog trainers have got their dogs there. Lots of them have got their dogs there. That's why I'm saying look at their dogs. If they don't have their dogs there, where are they? Mm. Is there a reason they're not there? Some of them might be senior or whatever. But if their dogs are there and their dogs are great and their dogs are, you know, you'd like your dogs to be like that, um, great. Fantastic. That seems like a a good idea to take advice from that person. If you get there and there's no dogs there and, you know, only one trainer's got a dog or whatever, or, you know, they're just sort of, you're not getting a good vibe and they're not listening to you and, you know, all that stuff, then maybe move on. Maybe find another trainer and see if you can find a better fit. It's just like anything, it's got to be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. Just really basic things where you can kind of sift through the the sea of information. Yeah. And protect yeah. yourself. There's nothing wrong yeah. with protecting yourself a little too. Absolutely. You're you're a you're as important, if not more important, than that animal. Hmm. So without you, the animal is going to starve. Okay. So don't let people make you feel like you're not a part of the puzzle because you are just as, if not more important than that animal. So those people that are working with you on, you know, looking after that animal, they need to be working with you. They can't, it's, if someone's just making you feel like you're just nothing, 
often move away. Yeah. Just move away from it. Like I've said it a couple of times, it's okay for people to challenge you if they're going to support you through the challenge and that sort of stuff. If you're not happy with something, speak up. If you have the, you know, if you're the kind of person that can speak up, speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, let them know. Sometimes the trainer is going to need feedback as well. Like I get feedback all the time, like, and it just makes me a better trainer. So, you know, but if people don't give me feedback, then I can't help them. You know, whereas when people do give feedback, we sort things out for them. Like a really high success rate of that. So once we know what people are thinking and feeling great, if you're not the kind of person that can express your thoughts and feelings, maybe write an email or, you know, something like that. Or if you just got really bad vibes, just move on and find a different trainer. There's a million dog trainers, you know, like so many dog trainers, so many horse trainers. You don't have to, it doesn't, if they're not the right fit for you, they're not the right fit for you, but please just be careful online. Um, not everything, not everyone you see sprouting stuff online is actually a dog trainer. Some of them are influencers. Um, some of them are just literally posting stuff to get a reaction because it goes viral and then they get paid from their advertisers or whatever. Thanks, Sam. That's yeah. Think that really needed to be talked about today, particularly because I feel like I'm seeing lots of things going off online at the moment. Yeah. A lot of intense discussions. So, Actually, but you know, last... if, if we have anyone listening that has any questions or you know wants to be redirected to a trainer, like we we work with locum trainers, um, and you know we can we can give tips and. Will will be a safe space to yeah. to reach out to. The last thing I I think I touched on this a little bit, but I just want to make it really clear that if someone is suggesting ways to be more kind to animals, so training methods that are more kind, um, things like that. If that person is not being kind to you as a human being in trying to educate you on their methods and ideology. If they're sprouting kindness in their training methods, but they are being quite horrible to you, that person's not kind. Mm. That's not, that's unacceptable. It's not acceptable to sprout kindness in training methods towards dogs and horses and spitefulness and hate towards humans. That's actually unacceptable. Mm. So in my book, that's unacceptable. If someone is genuinely worried about kindness uh, and, you know, doing right by the animal, good. That's what we're all here for. There's not a lot of animal abusers in the world that are intentionally abusing animals. It'd be a very small number. There's not a lot of everyday people that are purposely abusive to animals at all. So if someone's speaking to you like you're an animal abuser because you haven't done X, Y, Z or whatever, but they're sprouting kindness in their training methods that's a real incongruence and that's a red flag. Mm. So just be aware of that as well. So as soon as you start to see those human beings treating other human beings with complete and utter disrespect and disregard, that person is not 
those values they're sprouting. So why why engage with them? You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's a red flag. I think that's a really good point to just send home. Yeah. Safe space. Stay safe out there, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Stay out of the comments sections. Mm, yes. It's not safe. No. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, if you're still Thank listening. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in studying with Therapy Dogs Australia or you have a few more questions before deciding, please get in touch with us by emailing courses at therapydog.com.au or visiting our website at www.therapydog.com.au for more information and FAQs.